Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And welcome to episode 118 of Geek Town Radio. We're back this week with... Ross! Hello, Dave. How are you? All right, how are you? I'm very good, I'm very good. I'm sure like you have been uh, trapped in election fever the last week or so. Yes, yeah, I'm, yeah. It's it's been nuts the last, and Crazy. as usually happens when the Conservatives do anything, they've shot themselves in the foot again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yes, not that we're promoting one party or the other on this podcast, no, we're trying to be. Absolutely not. But uh, yes. Anyway, so how's everything with you? What have you been up to? Everything's great. I've had a big uh, big Netflix month this month. Do you remember last month I told you about Master of None? Yes, yeah. And how it didn't, didn't quite gel with me? Yes. Well, I'd like to issue a formal apology because uh, <laughs> I watched this second season and it's really good. I, I, I'm, in fact, I'm at the point where I might watch the first season again because the right. second season, I really enjoyed it. Either I missed something the first time around or the second season is just better, but it's really good. So, okay, that's cool. Definitely good for a watch. Also, uh, Kimmy Schmidt's still going, which we watched the first two seasons of and now the third season. Uh, I don't think we've got to the end just yet, my fiance and I, but uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, Better Call Saul, of course, is still going, still going strong. Yes, love it. another one tomorrow, or I suppose it's today when this goes out. Yes. And then, oh yeah, F is for Family came back this month. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. A few people have mentioned that to me, though, so, so I might so go check it out. Uh, Bill Burr's animated uh, sitcom about... Uh, I think it's not about his family, but it's if you know his comedy, it seems like the sort of thing that might have happened to him. Right. Sort of. But I, I think he said that it's not about his family. But uh, he wrote it and he's in it and it's it's really, really funny. Definitely not one for uh, young people. <laughs> uh, but right. really, really good. It's like The Simpsons, but darker. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I will have really. to go check that out. And also, uh, Flaked came back this season, which might be a bit more... Um, I don't know, a bit different for, for, for uh, something you might be interested in, Dave. But um, this is uh, Will Arnett's sort of drama comedy yeah. uh, about, about an alcoholic who's down on his luck and, and uh, yeah, trying to get his life together. They only did six episodes this season, but it's still a really good season. So definitely recommend that if anyone's uh, looking for anything to try out. Yeah. Netflix, uh, Netflix are really hitting it out of the park at the moment. Crazy stuff. I've been glued to it. Um, I got, oh, did I tell you about my Now TV box, by the way? Oh, no. Remember I told you they gave me, sent me a free Now TV box? Yes, yes, I it remember. Works. It works and it's great and it's really good. Good. Well, if you're watching, I found that if you're watching catch-up stuff, you know, like the iPlayer or, or Channel 4, is it 4, 4OD still? Four, all 4, I suppose it is now, four. whatever it is. Yeah. Anyway, um, they seem quicker on the PlayStation. Don't know why, but the, uh, the remote's a little bit unresponsive. Um, maybe it's because it's a refurb. I don't know. But yeah. 
for that stuff, I stick to the PlayStation. But for the Now TV, I'm all about the uh, Now TV box. It's really good. And, cool. of course, um, you know, it's got all your YouTube and your Spotify and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. And uh, ITV, which, of course, the PlayStation doesn't have an ITV app, whereas the Now TV box does. So ah, there's yes. a little tip for you. It's good. Um, my fiance turned me on to something. She said, uh, watch this. You might like this. And I, I started watching it. I thought, oh, I recognize that guy. He was in Fargo. And it was uh, Colin Hanks who's in Fargo season one, I think. Yes. Uh, he's in a sitcom on Amazon called Life in Pieces. I'm yes. Not sure you've heard of it, Dave. I, I have. Uh, it's I... really, really good. So every episode, there's this family. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Modern Family. Yes. It's not unlike that, but it's not like a, uh, what do they call it? Um, mockumentary. It's not like that. No. But they, they take these four different areas of the family. So there's the grandparents and then they've got three kids and each one of those is married and has their own thing going on. Yeah. Um, and then they're told in, in sort of 10 minute, in fact, it's probably less than that. It's probably five minute stories that all sort of tie together a little bit. That's yeah. why it's called Life in Pieces because they're in these four different stories every episode. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm halfway through season two, and it's really, really good. Like, really good. It is. It's. I've. I've been watching that. I stumbled across it. Sort of. You know. I found it on Amazon, and uh, I absolutely love that series. It's. It's fun. It, fantastic. It's just brilliant. Really, really funny. It's one of the funniest sitcoms I've seen in a while. Definitely. But yeah, it, really good. I think the second season was this year, possibly. Yes, it was. Or within the last year, at least. So, I mean, when when the awards roll around this year, Dave, I think that's definitely a contender for me. Yeah, it is for me as well. I mean, it's one of those ones that's going to, when when we do the Geek Town Awards, it's one of those ones that probably struggle to pick up votes Absol- because of the yes. fact that it's on Amazon. But but yeah, I, I love that series. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's really funny. It was uh yeah, it did go out this year because it was it was actually going on episode by episode up until uh, about a month ago. Oh, was so, it? Okay. Yeah, so it's it's you're not very far behind and it, it right. will the new season when that comes out will go on episode by episode as well. So fantastic. Yeah, but that's really good. And going on, this is a nice there's a, a couple of nice links here. Colin Hanks was in Fargo. New season of Fargo, Dave. Yes, there is. I still haven't caught up with it but yes I've, I've watched some of the first episode but i haven't got back to it yet what, what did you think of that first episode well as i say i got about i don't know 20 minutes into it and okay so I, there's you've really scratched the surface yeah i i haven't really got far enough into it to judge it one way or another at the moment i'm definitely enjoying it um but i would say for me i think i've seen two is that, is that right there's been two out yeah i think i've seen yeah. two and there's another one on i think it's wednesdays on channel four uh i'm not as blown away as i was with the other seasons maybe that's because i've sort of seen it now i was saying uh my fiance was saying that with every program you sort of tell me vaguely what's going on but there's only two programs where you'll tell me word for word everything that's happening on screen and that's <laughs> mad and that was mad men and fargo because there's so much like in the first two seasons you know there's so much tension all the time and you don't know what's going to happen next and you know and there's yeah. this thing about i was telling you that every season at some point someone gets murdered and that's the corner of the series and what happens someone's going to get murdered and there's going to be a sort of gangster element somewhere yeah um and uh yeah well that happened and yes there is and it's going it's sort of standard fargo fare but i don't think i'm not crazy about it yet okay Do you interesting know what I mean? it, it hasn't yeah. it hasn't done anything to make me go wow 
You know, um, actually, <laughs> the second season had, not to spoil anything, that weird bit towards the end. Do you remember that? I, I, to be honest, I haven't caught the second season oh, yet. Okay. I, I well, need to sec- go back. But I, I know, I, I think I know what you're referring to because if, I've if, heard bits about it. If so. there's a turn like that, but it's more or better or earlier or there's more of it, whatever, that would be interesting enough to keep me in. But... I'm not entirely sh- it might fizzle out. I don't want it to fizzle out, but it might, and that would be bad, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And going from that, of course, um, I don't know the actor's name because I'm horrible, but um Lupin from Harry Potter is in that, playing a sort of cockney villain bad guy. Right. And he's 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 really good in that. And he's also really good in Wonder Woman. Right. Yes. <laughs> How about so- that? Yeah, very, very good linking. Very good linking. So yeah, we're um, yes, uh, we've both seen Wonder Woman now. So um, we are going to talk about Wonder Woman uh, with some spoilers. So spoilers, 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 spoilers. What spoilers? There's your spoiler warning. We are going to spoil uh, bits of Wonder Woman. Sure. So do you want to? Um, do you do an end spoiler warning or, or put like um, a link? What what I'll what I'll do is I'll put music under this bit. So, um, sure. if you want to skip forward, if there's music still playing underneath it, then skip Keep forward skipping. a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> but right. at the end, at the end, we should give a good and bad, possibly. Yes. Yeah. Just All so right. people know. So, what did you think, Dave? I really enjoyed it. Actually, I I I think it it's not perfect. There are, are bits of it that um, I think slowed down a little bit too much. I thought it starts really well. The Themyscira stuff works really well. Yes. Slows down a little bit when she ends up coming to sort of man's world. And one of the criticisms I have of DC movies is the fact that they give out a lot of the best gags in the trailers yeah and this is a growing problem even with um homecoming i feel like i've seen that movie i don't need to see yeah. that movie yeah i mean I'm, marvel's I mean, really to. yeah i mean so <laughs> am i but marvel's done a lot of that but even you see with the marvel stuff they seem to manage to hold a lot of it back even yes. though you feel like you've seen all of it they still hold quite a lot back whereas with dc a lot of the kind of funnier gags are in the trailers and you kind yeah. of like well I mean and I know it's not a gag film and there is emotional moments in it and stuff but that sort of annoys me when yeah yeah you know, I mean it's not a time. Guardians laugh a minute but no no you you could have done you could just have less in the trailer I mean people aren't going to not see Wonder Woman that's exactly. not going to happen you'll be fine they need to sort of sort that out you know mm. I know the trailer needs to film needs to sell the film but I think you could have done that without giving away quite as yeah. much and i mean they at least with this they kept the villain under wraps which is unlike, unlike batman v superman but uh, <laughs> yes i thought that was a really good turn actually yeah yeah i thought that was quite a good turn although given that it, it who was playing the character yeah can we, s- we can just say right is that fine yes yeah we can say great um, you gonna- <laughs> yeah given no we can we can but you know anybody that's seen it knows um it was david thulis who, who plays the character i Thank think partly yes. partly because of his harry potter connection and the fact that that's a sort of very harry potter-esque twist yeah yeah you I know do, yeah. so i i kind of always view him when he's playing a character as slight suspicion um oh. and i, did I you, did yeah. you see it coming dave as i say 
in the back of my mind, I did wonder, but I, I didn't out and out see it coming. There's well, I, I thought there's there's no there's no way. Did, I mean, I guess this isn't much of a spoiler, but the bad guys are the Germans because yes. apparently people think the only bad guys in any world war are just the Germans and they did everything on their own. Yeah, which which I don't get, but I mean, there's a big bad German, and you sort of think she's not just gonna off the German. Everyone's a winner. That's not gonna. That's not how yeah, this yeah. is gonna go down. Surely yeah. there must be some other aspect to this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I was that shocked, but I, I mean. For it to be him, I was like, oh, okay, it's that guy from, from earlier. All oh, right, okay. So that was maybe a bit more of a surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of with you. Although I think the script is a lot better than a lot of the DC scripts Absolutely, have been. Yeah. I think it was it was much more cohesive. It was mu- it was a much better film overall. I think they did a really you know decent job with it. There were a lot of, of standard tropes in there. You know, there was a lot of sort of, okay, uh, fight slow bit, fight slow bit, big, big yeah. fight at the end, yeah. um, you know, mis- with a misdirection in there. You know, so there were certain things that you could big sort CGI of fight at the end. Yeah, you know, and, and the CGI fight doesn't, hasn't bothered me as much as some big CGI fights Definitely. have done. It would have annoyed me more had that drug that she gave the, uh, yes. you know, had, had, had that drug that she gave the German guy be sort of turned him into some big monster and uh, that would have bugged me but the fact that it you know you are it is a god fighting well he calls her a god but technically I would have said she's a demigod because well I mean let's not get into semantics yeah if we're we're splitting hairs here because her mother wasn't a god she wasn't a goddess sorry you know so um, oh, but, also, we need to we need to establish how are we pronouncing the actress's last name because I've heard people have corrected me either way on both pronunciations. Is it are God- we saying it's Godot, isn't it? The, are we saying Godot or Gadot or how are we? Godot, I think. Godot, we'll go with Godot. Fine, we'll go, that's how we go. Go with Godot. I'm sure people might disagree, yes. but yes, <laughs> she continues to be excellent. Yes, she was. She's brilliant in it. I think she's a perfect bit of casting for this. Really um, good. You know, she was she was great in in uh, Batman v Superman, although she didn't have a huge amount to do. But yeah, um, yeah she's she's really good in this. And what? Robin Wright, born to be a sort of gladiator woman. Oh yes, totally. Yeah. Definitely, I, I really think she good. was she was great. Um, yeah, I, and I think that the whole the story as a whole is really nicely packaged together. Uh, mm. As I say, it's a little predictable in if you know those sort of yeah, I think that Hollywood if, tropes. But if it wasn't for because a lot of um, the best Marvel movies lately, I say lately after sort of Avengers two, I guess, are the ones that stand out because they're different. So like Ant Man was like a heist movie, so that was really different. Yeah. And Doctor Strange was really different because there was the whole mystical element. If it wasn't for um, Thor and Captain America one, you wouldn't have. I think this would have been really different and a really interesting thing to show. Yeah. But because those movies have, we've seen. We've seen sort of um, Greek or Norse or like we've seen ancient gods who who trifle in like talk talk to the humans and come and fight with or against the yeah, humans. Yeah. And we've seen wars. That's fine. We know about that. And I think especially with Captain America, the sort of after she leaves, what's the place called? Themyscira. Themyscira. After, nice. After she leaves there, it becomes very... Oh, didn't this happen in Captain? Yeah, this was in Captain America. This was also in Captain America. Oh, and then that was in Captain. Yeah, then- and, and and the guy, the the hero, um, obviously spoiler, uh, the, <laughs> the 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 hero character that she's in love with 
dies in a plane at the end. So <laughs> kind of like, well, this is completely Captain America. <laughs> having, having said that, there's a lot of... I thought that um, there was a couple of distinctions in that, first of all, there's that whole sort of... You know, one of the big themes towards the end is that the, the bad guy might not be this evil god. It might just be yeah. some people are bad pe- And both the sides have got bad people. And mm. there's a lot of negativity on both ends. And I think that's good in the same way that what it reminded me of. Do you remember in um, Rogue One where it was kind of like, you know what, the rebels have got some not nice people as well. And yeah. it's not just black and white, these are good guys, these are bad guys. It reminded me of that a little bit. And I thought that was a really nice. Yeah. Because thinking back to Captain America, it was the American guys good guys german yeah. guys bad, bad guys. guys yeah and to, to be fair to be fair in captain america they were following a guy who had a red skull for that's, a face so that's, you know, <laughs> i mean that's very true Dave. that's an excellent kind, point you kind of <laughs> hard to get a decent you know good guy job when you've got a red skull for a face yes maybe he tried and that was how yeah. he ended up <laughs> yeah fine i'll be evil <laughs> Also, I think the the gender balance was really good. So you, she, it wasn't that she was the hero, and then Chris Pine takes the exact opposite role, and he's the damsel in distress. Yeah, they both did a, a heroing, and he was like uh, your sort of roguish World War One type of pilot guy, pilot flying ace type fella. Which she also was, you know, Wonder Woman. Yeah, well, no, I, thought, I thought that was well balanced. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. I think the characterizations are well are well put together. Um, I think the plot overall infinitely better than anything else that's that they've done so far it's a good um stepping off point for the next upcoming movies they continue some snyder-esque bad cgi though which i don't like yeah well there is a certain amount of that um you've got justice league coming up next with joss whedon now yeah. in control of it, oh, which yes. is fantastic yeah. news. Um, you know, although, although as I said before, I you know it's highly unfortunate the way that he ended yeah. up taking over. But and it's not sure how much he'll actually do on y- it. Yeah, you know? and uh, you know, but he is finishing stuff off, and you yeah. know, so we don't know how much tweaking. And it, but it sounds like he was involved earlier than that because he was involved in the rewrites by the sounds of it as well so so he's because that's why he ended up taking over was because they'd already brought him on board to help out with some of the rework stuff Mm. so so that's why he was the natural person to kind of hand over to so we've got that coming we've got the background movie coming and cyborg and other things so i yeah i i think hopefully they're in the right place yeah, now. and it's a this good is this is the point. one that did the good. This is the one where this is your Iron Man one. That's like this is yeah. good. This is good stuff here. Yeah, this is a really good starting off point. I think yeah. so. You know, hopefully they can keep it going from this point on. That would be good. But uh, yeah, I um, think generally I would say uh, you know thumbs up for this. Thumbs up. <laughs> General yeah. thumbs up. General thumbs up. I would say. Uh, I have a question, Dave. This is one I thought I'd better blow past you. So. The Amazon women, right? Yeah. They don't reproduce. Got it? Mm-hmm. Therefore, to have been around this long, they must live forever, or at least for a very long time. Yes. How come some of them are older than others? Uh, they obviously age at different rates. <laughs> Is that uh, an answer? <laughs> um, I have to, oh, clearly, clearly. I, I That thought did pass through my mind. Uh, I, I mean, I... I thought it was the fact that when she leaves the island she stops aging but then the other women 
don't, like Robin yeah, Wright so, older than some of the other women. Yeah, so I I don't I don't exactly mm-hmm. know. I'm yeah, but I I know what you mean because that thought passed through my head as well. I'm not saying the whole universe is flawed, Dave. I'm just saying that you no, know no. there are holes here. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, I, I'm sort of with you on that. Uh, they <laughs> either they could just age very very slowly. I oh, don't know. Did you did you catch the you know when I think this spits actually in the trailer. Um, but do you know when um, Dr. Poison throws that gas into the room with all those guys in? And yeah. then he, th- he throws in a gas mask and she says, the gas mask isn't going to help. And then he goes, but they don't know. And they have like a weird laugh. That was, <laughs> that was weird. That was like a 60s Batman type affair. And it was like they were, they were sort of... <laughs> that was really camp for me. Yeah, yeah. So I mean... I- uh, overall, I good think movie. overall good movie. A few little missteps here and there, but I sure. think I think certainly good overall. Good starting point. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go from here. Absolutely. So, uh, anything else from you this week? No, that's it. I've been playing a lot of uh, Overwatch, but that was it. We had double XP weekend this weekend. It's really good. Uh, good, good, good. Yeah, computer game wise, uh, Skyrim. I've I've been on. It was a conversation we had like a few weeks ago. Matt mentioned that he he was trying Skyrim, and I thought, you know, it's one of those games that I I love Fallout, but I've never actually managed to get to the end of Skyrim. So um, I I I thought, well, there's nothing else imminently kind of coming out. There's stuff coming up in the future, but there's nothing coming out right now. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to mod up Skyrim and go through it. So I'm still working my way through that um, right now. And uh, I think I'm about level thirty at the moment. So so are there any are there any super good mods you'd recommend? There are quite a few. If you're playing it on PC, actually, I think I don't know what the modding's like on the on the boxes, but certainly on the PC, uh, there are, are things like there's there's a mod to take off the restriction from the inventory. So you can basically carry as much stuff oh, as you Dave, like. That's which, not playing the game. Which it, it's just one of those things that really annoys me is, <laughs> is being weighed down by stuff. So so yeah, I know that's a little bit of a cheat, but yes, I've I've taken the the mod that expands the inventory. Uh, but there are there are some great mods for improving like the faces, the water, replacing mm. a lot of the textures for high res textures. I'm actually sp- playing the special edition version, but you can actually mod those up even more. So I'm playing with a lot of those mods in uh there's there's little things like there is a horse whistle mod so when you can't find your horse you can of blow course. your horse whistle and it turns up which a, is quite a beautiful. witcher three style horse whistle and it'll be on a roof somewhere yeah <laughs> so that's the thing so so they're quite useful um trying to think what else i've used there's there's other little bits and pieces a lot of the stuff i'm using are graphics yeah. tweaks and that sort of stuff so um as far as your your console support um goes i think it's really good on xbox one and not so good on playstation 4 right okay but, yeah. but about, some of them are available i think it's ones that don't do a certain ones that don't touch a certain aspect of it maybe right okay i don't know there's, there's some there's something where they can't get past a certain thing because of the restrictions but right. i think text texture stuff generally is okay okay yeah there are some great texture mods out there to to boost that up quite a lot so um so i've been using those uh, there's a there's a really good mod as well which which uh takes the loading screens out from the cities because you know a lot of the cities oh. you walk through the city gate you there's a there's a thing that actually will on the pc will actually take the loading screen out so it wow. loads so it loads everything in so you can just walk in and out of the cities um, wasn't it uh, it was a big deal in um was it uh, the third batman game 
game where they said, if you walk in a door, no loading screen, nothing happens, you just carry on. And that was like a massive deal. Yeah, I mean, there there are still loading screens when you walk into the buildings, but it takes... Okay, just not into the city. Yeah, but it takes all the loading screens out of the city, so that's quite good. And TV-wise, though, Netflix again... Orange is the New Black is back yes. as well. I'm three episodes into that. I really like that series. <laughs> it it's, works really well and makes it really kind of binge-watching um, fair this time around because it's set over the course of, of three days. So Because right. if you remember, the last season ended on a riot with one of the inmates having a gun to the head of one of the guards. Yes. So, so it ends at that at that point last season so and it picks up literally at that point and then you see the next three days of sort of the riot and the consequences of that and and what sort of carries on you know afterwards so it's basically set just over that time period which means that you're you're kind of very much watching you know it's like it's very much a kind of oh what's the next one oh well what's the next one so Mm. i'm doing that quite a lot that's quite good orphan black is also back as well which i haven't actually managed to start yet but uh that i'm really looking forward to that's back for its final season so that's been good doctor who have you been watching any doctor this season no no i'm not a doctor guy Uh, okay Uh, doctor who uh brought back the ice warriors this time around and there was there was an alien at the end from alpha centauri i think we showed up which apparently went nuts on twitter i'm i didn't realize that that was an old character that they'd slot slotted in as an easter egg but apparently it was so uh that that was kind of cool i also have hats off to whoever the guy was that came up with the ice warriors weapon because it was basically you fired it at the person and it crumpled the person into a little ball oh wow so and it was I, I, just genius i, I love nothing that ice weapon. related about that no there isn't but i, I they uh, should have a, a, a mr freeze freeze ray yes yeah, so you'd think so wouldn't you but <laughs> i i thought that was that was excellent i really yeah. enjoyed that um so yeah that's that's been most of the stuff that I've been watching this week. The other thing that I just wanted to mention is, of course, Adam West, who we sadly lost this week. He apparently, it was, what, 88, I think, when he died. uh, Apparently a short battle with cancer, I think, by the sounds of it. He is part of the reason why I'm kind of the geek I am today, was Mm. watching, they used to run those uh, Batman 66 live-action TV show episodes. They used to run those Saturday mornings. And I, that was my first introduction to Batman and was really kind of why I became a, such a fan of the character. So I'm very sad to say, to hear him uh, die. I mean, he was a wonderful guy, had a great sense of humor by all accounts by the sides of it as well, yes. because you know, he was uh, mayor of Quahog in uh, Family Guy as well. So he was doing quite a lot of voiceover work. They did a, a Batman 66 cartoon only last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was a character that was, you know, he'd done work before then, but that character just defined his entire career after that. Yeah. And, and, and it's good that he sort of embraced that as well. He didn't shy away from... Yeah, yeah, you know, because you do get a lot of people that, that will kind of shy away from from those sort of big roles, Definitely. and he didn't. And, and uh, you know, he was a huge, huge fan of the character, even after, you know, years after it finished and still carried on. So uh, just wanted to say, uh, very sorry to see him go, but, um, you know, thank you for all the wonderful time that you gave me watching <laughs> the TV series. It was fabulous. So um, if there's nothing else on the general stuff, we'll move on to some film and TV news. Right. 
Film and TV news this week. Start off with the renewals and cancellations as usual. Fox has cancelled 24 Legacy, which we sort of saw coming. Uh, they are apparently considering other versions of 24. Did you watch any of 24 Legacy? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, but I, I was told I was told some generally good things, I think. Yeah, I mean, we watched it, obviously. I, I watched it and uh, Matt watched it religiously because uh, hmm. he's a huge 24 fan. And we did a 24 uh, podcast for Entertainment Talk as well. Um, but it was one of those things that I really enjoyed it, but I, I think it slightly suffers by the whole... 24 concept yeah the you know not not the setting but i think the whole timing thing is i i don't know i I, I think it's it's a bit too restricting and maybe there is something they can do with with that maybe they they can chop the hours up somehow yeah. so you do it's done in real time but you're doing an hour here then maybe skip an hour and then another hour you know because at the moment, what they're doing is they're doing them as, as 12 episodes and then putting a 12-hour time jump at the end. Whereas right. what they maybe could do is put, like, you know, you do an hour, then skip an hour, then do another hour, and, and it maybe would free them up to be able to move from different locations and, you know, and do that. So I, I don't know. Um, it's interesting that they are saying they're still considering what else they can do with it, because obviously this was supposed to be a kind of big reboot, even though they did bill it as a limited series. Yeah. Um, it's not entirely clear why they're not continuing this format other than, I mean, the numbers weren't as good as they wanted on Fox in the US, so that's part of the reason. The other reason might be that uh, Corey Hawkins, who played the lead in this, played Eric, is tied up on various other things. He's got some more stuff to do on The Walking Dead because he basically disappeared from that show, so they need to resolve Hmm. that storyline. He's currently on Broadway as well, so... That was part of the problem is if they wanted to bring it back in the autumn, they couldn't anyway. Right. So that was always that was they always going to have to be delayed. They could have a team. If you have a 24 team, then 24 hours is like more because there's more people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, the obvious thing to do would be to go back to some of the other ancillary characters like Tony, Tony Almera, who, who was brought back in. He was in a few episodes, but was a bit underused in this series. And right. you sort of think he'd be quite an interesting character to follow on. So maybe you do a 24 series, which is based around him possibly. Yeah as a sort of anti-hero character because he was sort of an agent that turned bad and then he's kind of in working in a kind of grey area now. So he might be an interesting one to follow. There, there are other characters as well you could bring in um, rather than just going completely for a new lead. I mean, there are various ways they can go with it. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. Another news, this isn't a renewal or cancellation as such, but uh, I know a lot of people have been asking about this show. Ryan Murphy's TV show, Feud, has been picked up by BBC Two. Not entirely sure when they're going to air it yet, but that has been picked up by BBC Two, who also air the other Ryan Murphy show, um, American Crime Story. So I think, I mean, it's very rare the BBC pick up stuff, but they seem to be quite into the Ryan Murphy stuff, so... So, you know, that's... I watched that. Um, I've, I've told you before, I really enjoyed the American Crime Story. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to them doing the rest of that. They're just... it's American Crime Story is coming back, but I think they're both going to be next year, uh, the mm. next two seasons. They're actually filming the Versace one 
next, but that's actually going to go out third because the second season <laughs> of American Crime Story is based around Katrina and then there is the third season which is based around the Versace murder. The reason they're, um, they're doing it this way is because they can't get the relevant permits to be able to shoot in New Orleans during hurricane season, obviously, because oh, right, it's hurricane season. Yes. So ironically, doing something about hurricanes and then can't, <laughs> and aren't allowed to shoot in there. So they've had to delay the filming of that. So it will be filmed after they've finished Versace, but will air before, apparently. But they're both going to come out next year with about a six-month gap in between it, apparently. So there's that. Just dropped today as well, uh, news that Luther is coming back for a fifth season with Idris Alba, which I'm looking forward to because that's a mm. fantastic show. Have you been watching Luther? Uh, no, but I'm, oh, again, I'm told really good things. Everyone I know says you've got to watch Luther. There aren't that many episodes of it as well. so it, Ooh, it's, Maybe I'll check that out. It's. Uh, I think they are on... Netflix, they're either on Netflix or Amazon. I have seen them kicking around. So, Oh, yeah, I think I've seen maybe Netflix, I think. Yeah, so they, they're worth catching up on, though, because there's not that many of them, mm. you know, so you can get through them quite easily, and it's a fantastic performance from Idris Alba on that. The other one that they've announced for getting a second season is a Sky One show called Sick Note, which you won't have heard of yet because they've announced no. that it's got a second season, but the first season hasn't started airing yet. <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, it's a show that uh, stars Rupert Grint as a character called Daniel Glass. He's a compulsive liar stuck in a failed relationship and dead-end insurance job and under the thumb of an irrepressible boss called Kenny West, who's played by Don Johnson. That oh, wow. Ma okay. Miami Vice's Don Johnson. Yeah. So just when things couldn't get any worse, Daniel is wrongly diagnosed with a terminal illness by his incompetent <laughs> doctor, Ian, who is played by Nick Frost. When the error comes to light, the doctor convinces Daniel to hide the truth of his misdiagnosis from colleagues, friends and family in a lie that spirals wildly out of control. So it, it's a comedy. It's coming to yeah. Sky One in the autumn. Them, they're actually set up a, a new what they're calling a sort of adult comedy slot which is 10 p.m and uh that's it's going to be host of uh edgier and grown-up comedies so and it's going to be uh, a 10 p.m slot which will come to sky one and now tv they've also got a show called bliss which stars Stephen mangan and heather graham coming and uh, bounty hunters which is jack whitehall and freddie cyborn so those are the three that they're oh, starting right. off with so they've they've got a bunch of these these kind of adult comedies coming They've also announced that the second season of Sick Note is going to have Lindsay Lohan in it, who's going to play the daughter of the Don Johnson's character for the second season. So they've obviously got a lot of faith in it because the first season yeah, hasn't aired yet, which is, is good. Have we got a date for the first season? Autumn at the moment. They've oh, not said exactly when yet, but it's autumn on Sky One that's coming. It was originally commissioned for Sky Atlantic, but it's coming to Sky One now. Sounds worth a go. So yes, that sounds like it could be quite good worth a go. In other TV news, we've got a new casting announcement for Legends of Tomorrow. Tala Ash, who you may know the name because she was in American Odyssey and she was in Smash as well. She is joining the teammates on the Wave Rider as a new character. It's a Muslim-American woman from the year 2030 who lives in a world of contradictions. The technology has brought about an incredible change in the future, but human nature, unfortunately, hasn't made the same leap forwards. Uh, fear, prejudice, and lack of care for the planet has forced the character Zari, who she plays, to become a grey hat hacktivist. She's a computer nerd with a wry combative attitude and she's a woman living a double life who doesn't realise that she also has a secret latent powers derived from an ancient mystical source. 
Now, this is an interesting character because she's called Zari Adriana Tomas. Adriana Tomas is a character that is in DC comic books. Zara Adriana Tomas isn't. So mm. it's a take on a, on a character. The, there's a, a fairly obvious reason for that if you know who Adriana turns into because the character and the amulet that they talk about, this mystical amulet or mystical source of energy, they're related to Black Adam who is uh, right. you know, part of the Shazam kind of bunch of, of heroes and villains. And she's called Isis. So <laughs> right. um, not unsurprisingly, they're not overly keen to use we, that name in the show. <laughs> kind of that. That, that's gone through the uh, that's gone through the meetings and they've said there could be kind of that yeah so so um, the, that's why I, I doubt you'll see that name pop up in, <laughs> in the uh, show so she's called Zari um, but basically yes it's it's a future version of the character Isis who has the amulet of Isis which is the thing that gives her these kind of powers it's going to be a future version of that which is a way of kind of avoiding them having to use the name I yes. think and and also because of the fact that you have got Black Adam showing up in a Shazam movie scene, so yes. they might be using the character there and they don't want it to cross over directly. So that's going to be uh, kind of interesting. The new season, there is a description out for the new season of Legends as well, which seems like Rip Hunter could be not a bad guy, but could be kind of at odds with the rest of the Legends. Because apparently Rip has set up a new time bureau as a uh, as a way of kind of sorting out problems with the timeline because if you remember the end of legends last season ended up with them having completely screwed everything up by going back to a point in time where they already were and meeting themselves that's completely screwed the timeline so they ended up kind of landing back on earth but there were dinosaurs everywhere and that's right. sort of where we left them so it seems that rip hunter who was back to his normal self having kind of lost his memory last season he's now back to his normal self for set up this time bureau as the sort of new sheriffs in town so the legends have kind of disbanded but it ends up with sarah getting them all back together again so mm. yeah it's going to be interesting there's gonna it sounds like there's not many changes in the crew that are already there but she's going to be zari is going to be a new addition to that crew well we'll see where that goes that should be back in the autumn in the uk uh, as will flash and arrow and supergirl as well no news on what's happening with uh, Black Lightning yet that's the other new yeah. show uh, but it, that seems to be probably running afterwards so we probably get that early New Year or after Legends is finished maybe we're not sure yet do you think they'll sync that up like the others eventually or I well th at the moment they're saying oh it's not part of the same universe I, I strongly suspect by the second season it will be part <laughs> of the same universe <laughs> but uh, yeah it, at the moment it's it's a separate entity on its own well, but it is obviously made by Greg Belanti and the same team so I you know we'll see what happens with that on other news we have another vampire drama coming or vampire-ish drama coming it's it's one of those sort of things mark paul goslier has been in various different things uh he was in um franklin and bash he's been in nypd blue he's been starring franklin and bash that was a good show was a great show i really enjoyed that show <laughs> uh he's been he's been in pitch which was a show on the in us i don't think it made it over here he's been in that recently of course the thing that he's most well known for for people of my age is saved by the bell he played zach morris so um that that's probably i bet he hates that but that's the thing he's most <laughs> well known for <laughs> 
so he's starring in this this new vampire drama called The Passage. It's a new pilot, so it might not go to series, but it's being commissioned by Fox. It's an adaptation of Justin Croning's trilogy of novels. It's written by Liz Heldens, who wrote Deception and Mercy. show is described as an epic, character-driven thriller that morphs into a post-apocalyptic odyssey. It spans two timelines over the course of a century. Present-day storyline is set in a world which has been infected by a virus which turns people into bloodthirsty monsters. show follows a 10-year-old girl called Amy who appears to have powers which allow her to communicate with the virals, which are the the monsters. When Amy is rescued from the monsters by a couple who are living in an isolated group in Palm Springs, through flashbacks, she relates the story of her connection to the virals and the genesis of the outbreak. So it turns out she was placed in foster care after the death of her mother. Amy was then retrieved by Brad Wolgast, who's played by Mark Paul Goslier, to take part in something called Project Noah. It's basically a secret government organisation that thought, I know, let's make super soldiers out of death row inmates. What could possibly go wrong with that idea? And, of course, ended up making them into monsters instead. So There's a lot going on there. Yeah, so in this case, the monsters are giving some psychic abilities which allows them to control their captors and escape. Once that goes wrong, they think, I know, because we're evil mad scientists, we'll try experimenting on a child because their brain is less developed, so maybe we won't have that problem anymore. They think that will help them solve the problem. That's where Amy comes in, but Woolgast realises what they're trying to do and ends up kind of running away with and escaping with Amy. But it turns out she might be very well the key to save humanity from this kind of vampire monster plague thing that's happening so i mean it's quite an involved story yeah. by the sounds of it but it does sound quite interesting i quite yeah. like the sound of it it'll be interesting to see here in a kind of dark serious role as well because i mean franklin and bash was was a fun kind of procedural show yeah. which i really enjoyed and obviously Zed by the bell was a yeah, it's comedy. Uh, I don't know what he played in NYPD Blue or what he plays in Pitch. Those are the only things I've seen him on. So I, you know, this it's kind of going to be interesting to see him in that. But he's quite a good actor, so you know, I could be quite interesting that one. And uh, also in the news this week, Misfits. Do you remember the show Misfits? Yes, I do remember Misfits. Didn't that have um, what was his name? Worst person in the universe from Game of Thrones. Uh, his... Yes, yes, Did... uh, Ewan Rowan. Didn't that start his whole thing? Yeah, Ewan Rowan was in that. Yes, uh, that did it was it was the the first kind of big thing he was in really mm. so misfits is getting a u.s remake apparently freeform the which are one of the other abc channels over there have given it a pilot order to remake the show it's being made by fake empire which is the production company run by gossip girls josh schwartz and stephanie savage they've got a diana rigirio wright who apparently was involved with night zombie and variety Combar serving as writer and showrunner. I mean, the original series, for those who didn't know, is basically a group of, of young offenders that were given community service. And then one day when they're out on community service, there is a freak lightning storm that hits them and uh, gives them all various superpowers. That was the basic setup for it. This version, they've got some casting already. Uh, they've got Ashley Lanthrop, who is in Sirens and Fifty Shades Darker. He's playing Antonio Thomas's character in the original. The characterizations are basically the same. She was mm. kind of a, a spoiled, vapid, middle-class party girl. And so, you know, that character. You've got Trey Hall, who is in a show called Rebel. Uh, he plays Curtis, who is a cocky football player in this. I think he was a runner. He's played by Nathan Stewart 
Jarrett in the original, and he was a runner. Then you've got uh, Jake Carnival, who's in Nurse Jackie. He's played sneaky egomaniac con artist Nathan, who was played brilliantly by Robert Sheenham in uh, the UK version. And uh, then you've got Ali McDonald, who's in Orphan Black and Cardinal. She's playing the a trashy, street-smart girl with the temper, which was the Chav character played by Lauren Socha <laughs> in the uh, UK Do they have that in America? Do you think that carries Chav? No, no, it doesn't. It's going to be... I mean, they've used the term trashy on the press release, <laughs> but it is basically the Chav character that Lauren played. They haven't cast the Ewan Real character yet. Uh, mm. So that he was he was Simon the shy social outcast, but he ends up with quite a big part as the seasons go on. So they haven't actually cast him yet. That's still wait and see. Howard Overman, who's the guy that wrote the English version, he's still on board as an exec producer. So they've not kind of completely gone behind his his back. He's still around. I mean, I'm not entirely sure a US remake of this is necessary. The US has been doing better with remakes recently of British shows. I mean, The Office obviously went yeah. really well. It tends to be comedies, though. I don't know how this will go down. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think the ones that are sort of quintessentially have a British aspect, like the in-betweeners didn't do particularly well, did it? Yeah. And, and so th- those ones are a bit different. But I don't know if this is a bit more... Maybe it's better. Maybe that's this is fine as a premise. I Yeah, I mean, I think... It, it depends. I think Misfits, the original show, was very British. Yeah. But it is a, an idea which you can translate into US, mm. I think, a lot easier. thing that makes me slightly uneasy is it's on freeform. Right. And, you know, it's ABC, so it, that's sort of Disney-ish. And I know freeform's more their teen kind of thing. Right, right. But, but it's, I, my worry is they're just going to knock all the edges off it and it's... It's going to sure. end up being a bit overly not as spiky as it needs to be, you know. <laughs> we'll see, but um, it's only it's only a pilot at the moment. We'll see how far it gets. So that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have an interview. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So this week's interview is with the production designer Lawrence Bennett. Lawrence is a veteran of the Hollywood production design. Uh, he worked on Carl Sagan's original Cosmos series. He's worked on films such as The Artist and Crash. He uh, worked on Sneaky Pete, the brilliant, brilliant Amazon show. He's worked a bit on Grey's Anatomy. He also recently worked on Wizard of Lies, which was the HBO special which ran on Sky Atlantic over here about Bernie Madoff starring Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. He's aired recently on Sky Atlantic so I think it's probably still on Sky On Demand and Now TV if you want to go and look for it really really good we talked to him quite a lot about the uh, Wizard of Lies bit about his working on Sneaky Pete and Grey's Anatomy and uh, The Artist which if you've not seen The Artist it's an incredible incredible film um, all sort of shot in in black and white and uh, just just Oscar winning superb thing so we talk a bit about that and working on the original Cosmos as well here's the interview with Lawrence we'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week 
Hi, Lawrence. Morning, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Very well. Good. Where are you based? Uh, I live in rural Oregon, if you know where that is. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. That's that's a difference. I'm I'm usually talking to people in LA. That's that's way out. <laughs> it is. I need it for my sanity. <laughs> yes. Well, that's understandable, given what LA can be like. <laughs> And New York. Yes, yeah, that's true. So uh, you're on to talk a bit about your your career in production design and and your your new project, which is called Wizard of Lies. Sure, I'll be happy to. Let's start off with how did you get into production design? Because I've yet to meet somebody that set out to be a production <laughs> designer. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know, we all we all seem to have incredibly different paths to uh, to that end goal. Like so many people, I was ignorant about art direction and production design Yeah. when I was younger. You know, I came to it through, God, where do I start? I've always drawn and painted, Yeah. even from when I was very young, and have always been very attached to movies. I think my route was, was particularly circuitous, because I didn't actually start in the business until I was in my 30s. Oh, wow. Yeah. I studied art in college uh, in Los Angeles and Tokyo. and. Right. After kicking around a little bit after after college, I moved to Ireland and lived there for 10 years. Oh, cool. Yeah. So in Dublin, I showed my work. I had a design practice with a friend. I worked in fringe theater there in Dublin. And I think that's where I fell in love with the collaborative arts. Yeah. And really found that even as a, a shy person who wanted to stay sort of in the background, I could make contributions to to storytelling that were uh, that ended up being very much larger than the individual bits, you know? Yeah. And my early thirties moved back to Los Angeles. My parents were getting older. I wanted to spend some time with them. Yeah. And I wandered into the film business. I'd had I had some friends who had been at Art Center and right. midway through Art Center course they were all sort of seconded to Paramount and ended up doing miniatures for Star Trek for the first, for the first feature. Wow. And when I was still in Dublin, actually, I got a call from a friend of mine who said, well, you know, if you're not doing anything this summer, why don't you come and work with us? So my first job was actually doing miniatures. <laughs> on, on Star, was that on Star Trek then? No, it actually was on Cosmos, the original Carl Sagan. Oh, wow. Cool. Which was remarkable. I mean, a chance to meet Carl and work on some really fun stuff. Yeah. And obviously I was I, I was bitten pretty hard. <laughs> so moving moving to, to Hollywood, I started working on the fringes of the business and you know, I was working in a prop house, building scenery. I was a terrible builder, but ended up <laughs> being given all the custom props and things. Cool. And um, had a great time and was discovered by an art director who said, Now let me get this straight. You do photography, you've done set design, you know something about lighting, you've done graphic design, you've worked in architecture, you know that adds up to art direction. And I said, <laughs> well, tell me more about that. So I assisted him for a short time before going solo. Worked in commercials for 10 years, yeah. commercials and videos, then started in television and did about 10 years of network television before... I finally can make the break into features. Wow. Yes. That's, that's a pretty varied way of getting in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate I'm at the point where, you know, with a modicum of experience and, and, and achievement, I'm approached all the time by younger filmmakers who want some advice about how to get in the business and how to pursue art direction, how to, you know, how to get training. Yeah. And 
in trying to explain that everyone's path is so unique and different. I can, I just hope that my story has something to, to offer them in terms of, of hope. Um, yeah. I teach a little bit now, so that's, that's, oh, cool. that's really huge for me. That's really yeah. big. That's that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. set set design seems to be one way. I've I've known a couple of people that have done set design and and sort of drifted into films from from that. So particularly New York that's, based people. That's a particularly valuable direction to come from. Yeah, yeah. So the project you've been working on recently is called Wizard of Lies. It's it's based on the uh, Bernie Madoff story um, of of his sort of Ponzi scheme and and the downfall from that. It's got Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer as the two leads, which is is not a bad cast. <laughs> and they are they're incredible. Directed by Barry Levinson. It's it's actually for HBO, isn't it? This it's yes, one it of their, it's one of their yeah. features. I mean, you talk about moving from TV to film, but but I mean, with HBO <laughs> with this sort of project, there's kind of not much difference, I guess. No, there there really isn't. And you know, I've always tried to approach in whatever format I'm working. You know, my approach is is always the same. You know, yeah. to tell the to tell the best, design the best. The best scenery and, and help shape the best visual story for uh, the best visuals for supporting and driving the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, was, was that shot in New York? Because I'm assuming it's based around New York. Yes, yes, it was. Okay, that's got to make life a little bit more, well, sort of, I suppose, easier yes and harder and, at yes the same no. time. Yeah. Yes and no. Though it's a, only a handful of years ago, you know, the, the, the damage, the fallout from the Madoff, the affair Madoff is... is is so extreme that it's still a fairly poisonous topic to a lot of people. Yeah. So that put a lot of uh, New York locations very out of touch for us, as you might imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was never any chance of filming in the building where Madoff's actual offices were yeah. or the building where his penthouse was. That in itself provided a whole set of challenges, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um I mean, it, it it was it's such a huge scandal at the time. Did you ever consider about shooting somewhere else, or was it always going to be New York? No, it really needed the the, the texture and, and and rhythms of New York. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. What were the particular challenges for you on that production? Well, I think I think you've hit on one of them: the the, the physical locations. Yeah, so, you know, having to to replicate um, their penthouse. Um, Bernie's offices, which were pretty extensive and pretty pretty high flying, yeah, you know, doing that accurately, at least with emotional accuracy, was was a was a big goal. You know, I was I was fortunate that my take on the visuals for the story lined up very much with with Barry's take on it. Um, right. From the first time that we spoke, you know, it was apparent to us that we were basically making a mystery. Right. Um, despite despite the fact that everyone has this sort of civilian news consuming basic understanding of what went down and a good grasp of the scale of it. If you can grasp the scale of a yeah. $60, $60 billion Ponzi scheme. <laughs> you know, I, I think most familiar, most people's familiarity with it stops there. I know mine did before yeah. I began digging into it. But the truth is that beyond the basic facts that, that we're aware of, his motivation, his ability to compartmentalize to the extent that he obviously was able to. Those are, those are mysteries. Yeah. Um, quite how and why he did this, how he could sustain it 
was a great subject for Barry, I think, to take a very subjective look at it. You know, the, the, the picture, the visual arc of the story reflects his sort of, um, his and the screenwriter's take on it, which is to begin very objectively and then to slowly and carefully creep towards the subjective and get into Bernie's psyche. Yeah. So um, I think it's very compelling in that way. Yeah. And does making production design for a film which is about real people cause complications as well? I think it carries a certain responsibility. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I did a miniseries for HBO with um, writer-producer David Simon and his partner Bill Zorzi on this project. Yeah. Uh, Show Me the Hero, which yeah. was based on a true story set in Yonkers back in the 70s and 80s. And Bill and, and David are both journalists. And I, I was I was definitely taken to school about, <laughs> about the responsibilities one has in telling a true story. And, you know, obviously a lot has to be changed or altered or massaged for dramatic to for dramatic yeah. ends but but i think that that in telling true stories i've i've been i've learned to have a sense of responsibility to honor the people whose story we're telling yeah yeah i that makes sense was there any contact with the madoffs through this with sort of either directly or family or or anything no, like that no not, not at all not at all the only extent madoffs because both of the sons died, one by suicide and one by, by illness. Right. The only payoffs are, are Bernie and Ruth. Ruth doesn't go to visit him anymore at, at uh, Butner State Correctional, Federal Correctional Facility in North Carolina. So he's pretty much there on his own for the remainder of his 150-year sentence. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, a, sentence which, a sentence which the judge was legally required to express in terms of months. I don't remember the number, but it's in excess of, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's up in the tens of thousands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, one thing, so so one thing, you know, having learned this lesson from David Simon and Bill Zorzi was, you know, you go to the sources. The closest source I could find was Diana Enriquez, who wrote the book that uh, we based this screenplay on. Right. Diana was the journalist who wrote for the New York Times, who Bernie allowed to come see him in prison. Right. So even though I'd read Diana's book, it was important for me to talk to her about the experience of talking to Bernie and what she did and did not learn from him. So I was really fortunate she came into my office and we sat for a couple of hours and I was able to talk to her about, not about necessarily the facts, but about her emotions about the interviews. Yeah. So it was really interesting for me because I could sort of pick at, well, what was the lighting like? And, you know, how did you feel about and was it cold? You know, was it dark? And she shared with me that she didn't, she hadn't really focused on it too much in her recollection until then. She thought it was odd that they were left in a visiting room by themselves. That wasn't unusual. But no one turned on the lights. There was overhead fluorescing lighting in the room, and there was lighting out in the hallway. But though the hallway was lit, the room itself was not. So there was a, an enclosed courtyard outside the, the visiting room. So through the glass from there, there was daylight. There was the light from the flows out in the hallway. And she sensed the light from the vending machines in the visit. <laughs> so I shared that with Barry and with Igel Brill, the DP. And we were all really excited about it. So that's pretty much what we did. Yeah. And Though I'm sure some people will think it looks remarkably theatrical in some respect. That's one of the bits of reality that I think really helped at this very dark moment in the story. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. The Madoff scandal was, what, almost 10 years ago? Um, I think it broke in 2008. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's fairly recent history, but but even just, going back, just danger, dangerously close. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even going back ten years, does that create? Additional yeah, production design, designing for recent period uh, is really tricky because I've done uh, several projects set in the seventies. Because I went back, was working with David a little bit uh, late last year on the Deuce, which yes. is his new, his new series from HBO. Yeah, you know, it was the seventies, and that's that's dangerously close period because so much has changed. The churn of of technological development and. Yeah. You know, particularly in the past 10 years, has been remarkable. Yeah. Um, the change in very small but very critical things in our lives is something you have to pay constant attention to. Um, it's very easy to overlook or take for granted very small things. Usually, in the, it's usually props. You know, yeah. I think that decor, decor change, shifts in decor are slightly slower these days, but they're subtle and they need to be yeah. paid attention to as well. I mean, I, I guess the, the technology side of things is probably probably the the most noticeable just with you know phones and everybody has tablets now and which none of that existed 10 years ago and all of the dozens of computer screens that were on the trading floor of the of bernie's offices of in yeah yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we're able to source all those things. It sounds like a fascinating project. Another film which you you were working on, or you have worked on, was The Artist, yes. um, which was a fascinating and quite brilliant, brilliant movie. W- was there any different production challenges for something like that, particularly when you're shooting in black and white? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Um, shooting, first of all, the aspect ratio, you know, everything we, we shoot for broadcast or, or theatrical distribution these days um, needs to to resolve in in HD eleven by seventeen yeah uh, nine nine by sixteen rather um, even Academy Academy aspect ratio was around for so long that we're not really used to the remarkably squarish rectangle that's the old original one three three format yeah and so you know getting used to looking in those terms and looking and looking and, and producing in black and white, obviously those are, are huge constraints. The thing about design is, and I've always believed that designing without constraints is incredibly difficult. You, you almost need to give yourself artificial constraints uh, when you're making a brief for a project, if you don't have any that are, that are given you, but there's nothing more specific and constraining than being told that you're, you're producing in black and white. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it was great fun. It was, it was, it was, certainly one of the best things i've ever been involved in. yeah i mean it's a phenomenal piece of work i mean who would have thought that you would have had a black and white movie and a you know, silent black and white movie end up as as an oster contender in best, you know, best picture winner yeah yeah I mean, just uh, yeah, but in, in sort of this recent history, is is quite phenomenal. But it's a, it's an amazing piece of work. And well, I uh, think that's I think that's due to Michelle Hazanavicius's inspiration. I mean, he he came to this, he brought this project so fully formed in terms of his concept, and was able to articulate and share so so cleanly and clearly what it wanted to be and what it didn't want to be. And I think it happened at a time at just sort of the right moment yeah. in in theatrical storytelling. Yeah. It's it's a, just a, a beautiful beautiful movie so i'm you know if if anybody out there listening hasn't seen the artist yet go and get it because it's 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 great 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 film i think one thing one thing that it really really demonstrates very clearly you know if you watch it 
in a theater with people, you realize the extent to which watching a silent is that much more visual experience Yeah, without, without spoken dialogue and with minimal music, minimal score, not to take away from, from the brilliant score. <laughs> you know, you, you, you become so much more invested in the story in a, in a, on a very different emotional level. Yeah, it becomes much more shared experience as well. You can hear people's laughs. You can hear tears. You yeah. can literally hear people sobbing in the audience at a yeah. Yeah. Um it's it's a remarkable, remarkable theater experience. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an amazing piece of work. As you said, you you um, have gone back and done a few bits of TV as well. I noticed one of the things on your IMDb page is the pilot for Sneaky Pete, yeah. the, the Amazon series, which I adore. Yeah. And we've talked it's great a, fun, isn't it? Yeah, I it's- talked a lot about on that show. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's one of the things that Amazon shoot a pilot and then they wait ages and go on to a series. So uh, w- was it... Was it just a case of they pulled you in for the pilot and then somebody else took the rest of the series? Yes, yes. Yeah. What, they, what they've done for the past, I think that might have been the first year they did it. Oh, yeah. They make, they make a handful of pilots. Yeah. They put them, they share them with, with members and have everybody vote and, and give feedback on it, what they're excited to see more of. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, a, it's a fantastic way of doing it. They've had some great things come out of it as well. I mean, yeah, Man in the High Castle as well, which is a phenomenal show. But Sneaky Pete, I thought, was was just excellent. How is it working on that project? Oh, it's great fun. I'm, I have to say I'm a fan of mysteries, thrillers, espionage, heist pictures, and stories about con men. Um, <laughs> That's sort of it, all of that, so, yeah. So fast, so fascinating about them. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Pete's character in that is just... So wonderful, such a wonderful mix of um, sociopathic, yeah. sweet guy who just can never seem to do quite the right thing. And great story. Good yeah, show. yeah. No, it's it's quite brilliant. Uh, we've we've talked endlessly about on the show about it. So <laughs> that's great. I'm going to have to a catch up with with the series and also go and listen to what you've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. We have talked an awful lot about that, particularly when uh, yeah when it sort of started airing. But uh, yeah, it's such a phenomenal show. And it's just, you did a bit of time on Grey's Anatomy as well. <laughs> I actually did the pilot and the first season and, and designed the permanent sets. Yes, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that's uh, I know that's that's a hugely popular show. I don't know what season they're on now. It's like eight, nine, something like that. Hundred and ninety-two. <laughs> yes, it's getting there. Without exaggeration, I have I have friends who stayed with the show. My wow. construction crew is still on it, and I think it's in like the thirteenth or fourteenth season. And kids who were toddlers, you know, or, or grade school kids when we began, their kids are now, you know, graduating from college, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just got a few more general questions. What, what, yeah. what would you say has been the most interesting experience you've had whilst working? Wow, that's tough. Um, one of the things I have to say is that you know, because I live in in Oregon and travel for work, yeah, have for a long, long time. Travel is so wrapped up with my work that it's in, it's indistinguishable at this point. Yeah. And I love I love the opportunity that that filmmaking gives me to go backstage at people's lives. I'm I go places that one shouldn't get a chance to go to. You know, I was, I was standing on the in the desert in in Morocco at some point several years ago and looked down because I was dripping sweat standing in the noonday <laughs> sun. And I noticed 
my sweat was falling on my my trousers and i realized yeah, these are getting sort of tired i should replace them oh yeah i wore these i was in the i was in the uh, oval office of the, the white house with these you know it's like <laughs> The the chances to go places and see things and meet people, yeah, uh, is is I think as a category, the most exciting, the most fun thing, and not not famous people, just being able to talk to people about what, what they do. I love watching people work if they're good at what they do and are invested in it and love what they do, and I don't care if that's a sign writer, a grave digger, or a politician. It's yeah. just endlessly fascinating. Um, yeah. you know, so that's. As a sort of a collective, that's I would say that's the most the most fun part of what I do. You know, I've gotten to work with incredibly talented people in Europe and South Africa and all over the states. I think I think rather than pick out an individual project, I just sort of say that. Yeah, and and what are you going on to do next? Uh, assuming you can talk about whatever it is, <laughs> that remains to be seen. I'm talking to folks about a couple of projects, and I'm dying to find out what it's going to be. Okay, cool. Um, last couple of questions, which yeah. we ask everybody because uh, we cover a lot of TV on the site. So first one would be, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? I just finished watching the entire season series of Patriot. Oh, right. Okay, yes. Which is which is just knocked me out. I thought it was, was really wonderful, wonderfully inventive storytelling and it sprawled out in surprising ways and... The cast is great. Yes, that's one that I need to go and catch up on. I think it's definitely check check it out. I think it's on Amazon over here. I'll go and have a look. It is. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present or future, which show would it be? Wow. I don't know why my mind goes to the Twilight Zone. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be fun. I was just thinking there's there's now, what, 75, 85 years of television history going back to the beginning. Yeah. And for some reason, that jumped to the front of my mind. Um, I'd love to be involved with with uh, some sort of anthology like that. I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I can see the appeal of that. Getting to do different things each each week would be, uh, would be a good yeah, thing I, to I get stuck that, into. I think that people are, are starting to do that. I mean, like Black Mirror did some, some great stuff with a variety yeah. of directors and writers it's it's really keeps things really fresh yeah we've we've got a new series starting over here um i think it's amazon or amc i think which is based on philip k dick's um short stories electric sheep electric uh, sheep is going to be starting soon. that that is sounding black mirror-esque and uh, it does and, it sounds great and and because dick wrote just a, a tremendous number of great short stories there's a lot it's a very it's fertile ground yeah yeah so that that looks brilliant i'm looking forward to that thank you for coming on i shall let you go and get back to your uh your evening day morning whatever it is in <laughs> oregon right now <laughs> midday <laughs> midday awesome i shall let you get back to your day thank you for spending a bit of time with me hey, it's been my pleasure Dave. have a lovely day cheers bye so that was the interview with Lawrence Bennett. Hope you really enjoyed that. If you want to go and find Wizard of Lies, it was on Sky Atlantic, so it should be on Now TV and Sky On Demand for catch up. Also, if you want to catch Sneaky Pete, season one of that is on Amazon and it's superb. So go Absolutely and catch that. Fantastic. Um, in that in a similar Fargo sort of way with the tension and everything. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant series. Well worth yeah. going to watch. So that's on uh, Amazon Prime if you want to go watch that. That's all that. Let's get on with some highlights for next week. 
So highlights for next week on TV. We're actually going to start off with one which, um, by the time you hear this, will have actually already aired. <laughs> but uh, we wouldn't. We would have put it on last week's show, but we didn't get the news that it was airing until quite recently, and somebody spotted it. So it's on Viceland, it's a show called Son of Zorn. It only ran for one season before it was cancelled, but I, I, it was such an interesting idea. I think people might want to go and watch it. Starts on twelfth uh, of June, ten p.m. on Viceland. It's about an animated character who's kind of called Zorn. He's basically He-Man. He returns to Earth after 10 years away and uh, has to reconnect with his live-action wife because he's an animated character. So he has a live-action ex-wife and a son. Uh, it's from the writers of Wilfred, which was that wonderful show about the guy that sees the other guy in a dog costume. And uh, Phil Lord and uh, Chris Miller, who is the people behind Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and the Lego movie and all sorts of other weird and wonderful things. So, I mean, I, I kind of thought this probably wouldn't last more than a season because it's such a bizarre idea because yeah. you've got this animated character mixed in with the live action stuff and I but um I, I'm quite keen to see it to see whether it is actually any good or not and whether it, it just it brilliant but just didn't went over the heads sure. of the American audience or whatever but that's on Viceland and so you should hopefully the first episode will be on a catch-up system somewhere and you're able to catch it and then you can kind I of think, carry on um, watching afterwards I think Viceland goes on to now TV so right okay so it should be on uh, Sky and Demand and now TV so we've got that then we've got another new series starting this is called Riviera it's from Neil Jordan who's an amazing writer Styles Julius Styles as a woman drawn into the criminal underworld after a billionaire husband is murdered she rather discovers that his life wasn't all quite that she thought it was it's been pushed as this year's night manager basically um okay that's what people have been saying about it so it, whether it lives up to that remains to be seen but it's on sky atlantic from the 15th of june at 9 p.m it's called riviera quite looking forward to this i think it, it could be a really good show so uh, it's one of the sky original productions I'm not sure whether it's a co-production with hbo but it's a, it sounds like it could be really good so that's one to watch out for. The Ranch, season three of that, that's Ashton Kutcher's show. That's starting on Netflix on the 16th. Um, really like The Ranch, FYI. Is, is it good? A, a um, really good comedy. Up there, I mean, what is it with Netflix and these comedies? But yeah, really good. Good, good. I haven't seen it, but yes, I... I uh, I will have to watch, watch a few episodes. Yeah, okay. So that's third season. That starts sixteenth of June. Second season of Baskets. It, it pretty much looks like they are going to run them back to back. Although yeah. it's it shifted days. I think this is a Sunday, so it's eighteenth of June at ten p.m. They're now running it because it was running, I think, on a Thursday night or a Wednesday night. But it's it's now going to move. I think to a Sunday night. So that's the second season of that show. That's coming back on Fox Again, UK. Really good. I still not managed to catch up with it, but yes, it, it looks really good. I, I do really want to go and see that. I have got them all recorded. So Along with Silicon Valley, that's on my, uh, this you know, the, yeah. the, the weekly watch. Yeah, it's Silicon Valley I absolutely adore. Silicon Valley yeah. and Veep I really adore. Both renewed for new seasons. Although Silicon Valley's losing um, TJ Miller. Miller. TJ Miller. Oh, are they indeed? Yes, TJ Miller is he, leaving at the end of this season, apparently. Oh, no. Which is such Spoiler. a shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yes, it's been, the news has been all over the place. So, oh, but yes, God. I'm very sorry to see TJ Miller go from Silicon Valley. But yeah. Oh, but he's the, I don't know. It'll be a different show without him, definitely. Yeah, it will be. Turn Washington Spies is back for its fourth and final season. That's on Amazon Prime, 19th of June. 
this is quite good actually i've seen a few episodes of this and it was quite good but again there's so much it's one of those things that there's a lot of stuff on i haven't quite got back to it yet but <laughs> i did see a few episodes of it uh really really good show now it's got kind of full seasons i you know it's one of those that i may go back to so i can just binge watch and wade through everything ripper street fifth and final season comes to bbc2 so if you're not watching on amazon bbc2 19th of june at 9 p.m the final season of ripper street season five comes on to there and uh, chance which is hugh laurie's new show comes to universal that's uh, i think that's already renewed for a second season as well that's uh, universal channel have got that from the 20th of june at 9 p.m and that's called chance so that's one to look out for mm. so unless you've got anything else to add i think that's everything uh, no that's it go and see wonder woman it's great yeah go and see wonder woman we both really enjoyed it both got a thumbs up so yes yes worth watching and if you want to find out the latest news throughout the week all you need to do is go to geektown.co.uk find all the latest news and air dates if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email them to us on podcast at geektown.co.uk or leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown or on instagram where we've got loads and loads of cosplay photos still from uh, MCM Comic Con that's on Geek Town UK that's everything we shall see you next week bye 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 softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.